Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 58, volume 58, week 58, number fucking 58. Hey, going, guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Mike Terry of Volumes and formerly the vocalist of Bury Your Dead. All of that coming up on the show. So let's start things off like we have been lately, and that's with a bit of questions and feedback. This week we heard from Joshua, one of our frequent and very regular listeners through Facebook. Joshua said, Wanted to say, cool hearing about Power Trip on the show. They are now on my playlist. He also said, Wanted to see if you were going to go ahead with the sign-off idea where the guest screams or growls, open the pit. He also said, I was thinking if it lines up, maybe the community might have a question for the guest if you posted on Twitter or just before the interview. And finally, he asked and said, as always, mate, big time supporter, keep up the great work and maybe let us all learn a little about yourself. Joshua, fucking legend, thank you as always for getting in touch with us and thank you as always for listening, dude. Really, really appreciate hearing from you regularly. So first things first, Joshua, fuck yeah, got into Power Trip. That's the whole idea of having some of these guests on the show, help you discover artists you didn't know, or maybe give you a bit of insight to maybe give a band a chance. And to hear that you've become a fan of Power Trip, fuck yeah, dude, great band, fucking phenomenal band, stoked that you enjoy their tunes and stoked that you obviously enjoyed the show with Riley on. The part about the idea of where the guest screams or growls open the pit as a kind of sign-off thing, we have been looking into this. We have asked a few guests. Frankie Vermeule was willing to say it. He didn't want to scream it. It is going to be something we're working with, and eventually you will be hearing a bit of a catch moment, a bit of a sign-off moment with guests screaming open the pit. So keep your ears open. You will be having that very soon, dude. The part about the questions from the community for our guests over Twitter or these kind of things, scheduling-wise, we will be trying to do it when we can. We do have the problem sometimes where the time of day or the time of night that we're recording doesn't always lend itself to this opportunity, but there will be some guests coming up where we will be doing this, so make sure everyone that you're paying attention to Facebook and Twitter because we will be posting about you guys giving us some questions. Really good idea there, Joshua. Really like that idea. Finally, the part about myself. Well, always happy to give a little bit, but there is so much to explain. So without rambling too much, we'll put it in a bit of a nutshell. I was born and grew up overseas, moved to Australia when I was 16. Both of my parents are Australian My mum was a music and English teacher, so music was in the household from an early age. I played two instruments growing up. When I got into my teenage years, I gave them up. I've got my bachelor in sound engineering and audio production. I did live music for a few years. I also was a vocalist in a band for about four to five years. And I also was a host of a metal show on community radio. All of that has gone on. I'm in my mid-30s. Some would probably say on the tail end of mid-30s. I'm 36 now. 
and metal is something I have followed passionately since I was eight years old when for Christmas I got Iron Maiden, Metallica and Pantera CDs. I've been collecting CDs since then. My collection is quite ridiculous. So that's a little bit about me, Joshua. Hope that gives you a bit of an insight. Oh yes, and my name is Jeremy. So that's a little bit of a tidbit about me, Joshua. Hope I didn't ramble too much there. Dude, as always, so, so, so appreciative of your support and so glad you get so much out of this show because that really is what this is all about. Seeing someone like yourself enjoy what we do and that you feel a part of the community and a part of the show is invaluable, Joshua. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. Hope you enjoy all the content coming up in future weeks. So that was pretty much it for feedback and questions this week. Joshua was really about the only one that got in touch. There was a few people saying they enjoyed the episode, thumbs up, these kind of things. Now guys, now it's the time for a bit of housekeeping. We really would appreciate and love to make this show not only about us, but about you. So to do that, write into us, send us an email, send us a message on social media, get in touch. And let's grow this show more into a community. So that means if you've got some feedback about shows or about guests or about content, get in touch. If you've got questions you want answered on air, get in touch. Whatever you want to do, you can get in touch through the email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. You can get in touch through the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are at themoshzone. Or you can get in touch through the website, which is www.themoshzone.com. The other thing we need to mention at the start of the show is ratings, reviews, and recommendations. They're invaluable to helping the show grow. Now, we don't get paid for ratings and reviews and recommendations, but what it does is it works together to get our show out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments today or this week... Not only spread the word with your friends and family about the show, but get on your service that might be iTunes, it might be Spotify, it might be SoundCloud, wherever it is, subscribe to it, leave us a rating, one to five, whatever it is, and then leave us a review. Tell us how good we are, tell us how much we suck, whatever it is, write us a review. Now, recommendations, they're done through Facebook. If you go on our Facebook page you will see a spot there that says, would you recommend this page? Simply, if you've got a moment this week, write a recommendation and give us a rating out of five as well. All of this, guys, is invaluable to helping us grow and become a bigger and better podcast. So let's get on to the part of the show that you're all tuned in for. It is our Mosh interview of the week. This week, I got to sit down with Mike Terry of Volumes and formerly of Bury Your Dead. It took a while, but we got finally the chance to sit down and have a chat. It was a great opportunity to get to know all about the man himself, all about the very interesting and exciting career he's had and what's in store as the future goes on for him. Thank you again, Mike, for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Much respect, much love, much appreciated. That chat with Mike is coming up now. Do you remember the band or the artist that helped you discover music? Not necessarily heavy music, but just 
like music was a thing for you? Um, for sure, it was like Nirvana. For sure, it was one of the one of the biggest one of the bigger bands. Um, that 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 led me to start playing guitar. Um, like Silverchair, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Nirvana. Those kind of bands were like uh, largely influential on me. So you were basically a grunge kid. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. What brought you into grunge? Was it the the angst side of it? Was it the energy? What was it? It was a lot of it. Was the energy? Um, it was just because I I just it was more so because uh, how do I say it? Like growing up and seeing like feeling like feeling like an outcast and seeing those seeing those guys be real crazy and do stuff that wasn't like the rappers or the R&B dudes and stuff like that. I think I just kind of clung to that cuz I kind of identified with that more than anything else. So did it did it kind of make you feel like someone else was feeling the way you were feeling and you had oh, yeah. a, you had a yeah. sense of community? So I could I could like I could really grasp what the what whatever the singers were talking about like I identified with those same things that they were talking about. Like I didn't really identify with the stuff that rappers were talking about cuz I didn't live like that. I was living I was living in suburbia, so it was like I was. That's what I was going through. I was going through those kind of issues, and like the, that kind of music spoke to me. Um, and how was that accepted, like by friends and family? Because it's a bit of a kind of aggressive. I mean, it's not overly aggressive, but it is aggressive in some ways. So were people yeah. kind of saying, uh, "What are you listening to?" Or were people all supportive? Uh, I wasn't really like I wasn't allowed to listen to it per se. Because um, I mean, back then that was considered devil's music or, you know, it was like, mm. I grew up in like a super Christian home. So it was like my family didn't really just, they didn't really understand it. And I think that's what even, that made me more curious about it was because I did understand it and I felt like it was right. And I felt like they were wrong. So in my quest to prove them wrong, you know, I just kept going, going down that path. Well, I mean, also part of that as a kid, if you're told you can't do this, well, yeah, exactly what else are you going to do you're going to do the exact opposite of what they say you can't do so you mentioned in there, you're already having fun doing it for sure so you mentioned in their guitar so was that the instrument that you first stepped up to play and why why guitar uh well at first it was piano because my mom made me and i just i really could not i wish that i had stuck with it now because I was like, she would like make me take lessons and stuff like that, but I just, well, I couldn't grasp it then, and I wasn't, I didn't like it. But I found the guitar, and then that's kind of what really set set things in motion for me, that for for sure. Now, how were you with guitar? Did you take lessons, or did you try and teach yourself? Uh, I taught myself. Um, I had like a couple lessons, like introductory stuff, like how to tune the guitar, and like you know, picking up stuff by being in a room with other players, but. Um, more, mostly I could just, I learned to play by ear. Like if I could hear it, I could play it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, so obviously music was a big part of the household. Yeah. For the most part, uh, I grew up in like a pretty musical family. Um, uh, my, my parents, well, my mom was like in the like church choir. My dad played instruments here and there, but he was more of like a businessman. So he didn't really get to, he, I guess he played more of a, as a kid. But uh, not really as an adult. So it was in 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 the family, but they were they were cool with it. They, we could always make noise. It was never like a house where you had to like be quiet. We were always like super loud. Like everyone's doing the most obnoxious, annoying noises at all times. 
So it was cool. So when did you start transferring into a bit more of the aggressive side of things? Uh, probably middle school, like sixth grade, uh, sixth grade, seventh grade. I got introduced to like core. Well, like fifth grade, the fourth and fifth grade for like core and stuff. But like when like to metal, like sixth and seventh grade, I had some friends that were like uh, they were into like vegan straight edge metal, which was like huge, like metalcore back then. And so uh, I got introduced to the Cradle of Filth, and that's like kind of what I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and, like Cradle of Filth and uh, Hecate and Throne and Emperor, and like I went like I got introduced to like black metal kind of first off. So I was like, that was like I was super intrigued by that because I'd never seen these dudes coming with coarse paint, like you know, headbanging and shit. <laughs> that's, that blew my mind. I couldn't, I didn't even know that existed. So, well, you, you uh, took got, a you took a sharp turn. That. That's a sharp turn from grunge music to Cradle of Filth. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But I mean, I always, it's always, I've always listened to it. I just love it equally, for sure. It was just like, oh, I found a new facet. Oh, music can do this. Oh, it does this. Oh, it did this. Like, especially back then, I was not so young. I was just being exposed to so much stuff that no one else around me was getting. Like, none of my, like, none of my other family members were, they didn't even, they definitely didn't understand that. Like, you know, big ass pentagram on them. <laughs> On a CD cover, they're like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" <laughs> um, what about school though? Did you start like was school a thing where you uh, identified yourself as a metalhead alternative kid, or did you kind of just mix in with everyone? Oh no, I definitely stood out, dude. I was kind of I was a kid. I had like green hair at one point. I was I was fat too, so I was like I was the fat weird kid. I smelled bad, so like. Yeah, I, I had green hair at one point. I used to wear, I wore a dress to school one, one time. I used to get in trouble for, like, doing stuff, like, just sticking out. Like, at that time, I, I was like, I've always just been the kind of kids that wears vans, you know, skate shoes, and jeans, and a T-shirt, you know, or, you know, some, you know, some weird guy, weirdo guy. I used to wear makeup. I used to wear eyeliner, man. I, I, I went through it all, dude. I went through it all. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like you had a few phases during school. Oh, days. I did. For sure, for sure. So you've, you've, are you playing guitar at this stage, or have you decided to put the guitar down and pursue singing? You know what? It's kind of funny. I just, uh, I just hold on, I'm going to show you this. I just pulled it out, right? I just pulled oh. it out. <laughs> uh, I was, I've been, I'm working on some of the, I'm working on new music right now, so I've just been like, I need to start playing again, get my hands back into it, just as for ideas and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's a new, it's a new thing. But yeah, <laughs> I, I took a long time off. I took a lot of time. I still have guitars at buddies' houses that I still have to go get. Just, I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't played I hadn't really played actively since my first solo tour uh, back like two years ago, but that was right before Volumes. So, yeah, it's, it's been a bit. It's been a while. Now, the were there bands for you before Cassius? Because anyone that might know your musical career, you kind of really got to everyone's attention with Cassius and the, yeah. the first album there. But was there bands before that for you? Um. There was only really one band, and that was called uh, This Present Darkness, which is like, that's super obscure if anyone knows that, which is crazy because I, I met some people that know that. And that's just like, that's like I was 16. I was like, that was like my very first band. We played, we played our first show on, 
uh, on the year 2000, like, you know, when the clock struck, no. when we turned 99 <laughs> to 2000, we played a house show that night in my friend's basement. That was off, that was my very, like, first real, like, oh, show. we got a real show. Yeah, like, a, like, you know, like a scene show. Like, it was a house show. There was bands there. Like, it was, like, you know, something that, you know, back then, that was, like, what you wanted to do. Everyone wanted to play the basement shows, you know what I mean? And w- were you a vocalist in that band? No, 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 no not at all. Actually, I never really ever wanted to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever really. I just, I mean, I liked it. It was cool. I did it in like, in like chorus in like fifth grade and stuff like that. But I really just wanted to be a guitar player. Um, but at the time, the band that was with Cassius in its like early stages, um, I was playing guitar. My brother was in the, on vocals and another vocalist. We had two vocalists and two two guitarists and the, the singers left and so we were just left with the decision like what are we going to do and they were like well we could always find a guitar player why don't you just try and sing i was like i don't really even know how to sing so my, my younger brother taught me how to like scream a little bit and like just kind of like fished around in the dark to try and figure out how i wanted it to sound and we would be like i just it was it really was just like we were like it's only for a few weeks. It's only for a few shows until we get a new guitar player. I was like, okay, because I don't want to. Because I just, I, I enjoyed being able to hide behind the guitar, not having to be in the spotlight, but still be able to contribute to the band sounding awesome. You know what I mean? And plus, I wrote all the music at the time. Anyway, so, so I was like, I don't need to sing and write the music. And I just felt like it was just too much. I was like, I, I'd rather just stay in this pocket. And... Well, you see what that got me. That didn't really go very far at all. <laughs> that got that got you fifteen years later still a vocal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know. Um I don't I don't regret I love it now. It's like, you know, it's second like it's just like it's a part of me now. But um yeah, it's kinda weird that I, I never really I never ever if you told me right now we we'd be having this conversation as a as a singer, I'd be like, Yeah, right, dude. No way, no way, no way. <laughs> so what you mentioned screaming in there. So for someone who's got no vocal training, how did you go about finding your aggressive voice, if that makes sense? Uh, you know, that's I've always thought about that, and it's because it's really hard to explain that to someone. I always really have a hard... I don't understand how vocal, like, screaming coaches can be like, just do it like this. Like, how, what did he say? Like... To me, I just, I just, it was this, it was like this energy thing. Like there was just this thing inside of me that's like, when it was go time, I had to let this, whatever was going on in here, out into there. And you know, sometimes it was like for a while it was it was really bad. You know, it was really bad. Um, and you know, I just figured out what, how, to, how I wanted to sound, and like listen to other singers and like just figured out how to emulate that, and then just use that use whatever that that rage or that energy that i have and with emulating this sound that some of my favorite singers did and that's kind of how like i figured it out and that was until i figured that was until i started taking lessons but it was like it was really just trial and error a lot of it a lot of blown out throat a lot of like wind being winded all kinds of stuff like it was, it was um i mean yeah, it took a. It took even even now. I still feel like there are issues that I still struggle with. I think it's, it's always like a learning process for sure. Now, yeah. the early years with that first album that Cassius released was "I Am Jim Jones." Um, yeah, 
was a bit of a bit of a sleeper hit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone in the underground that had their ears to the floor kind of heard about it. Um, what was it like for you guys at the time? Did it feel like anyone heard the album, or did it just kind of feel like, oh, well, that was missed? Uh, it's kind of it's it's yes and no, because there was like. At that time, I feel like we were just the, we were the kind of band that we were just ahead of our time. Like we were we were playing stuff and doing stuff that like before a before social media. So it was no you like you had to be out there getting out there and actually playing the shows and actually flyering and beating the streets. And there was no MySpace. This was before that. This was like this was before MapQuest. Like when you had to like print your print your directions off and use a map to get around on tour, which is that's crazy. Like so like. I think that we it was sick because we played some amazing shows. We played for like our small world. It was huge. Like we could go around, we could go and tour and play and do all these kind of things. And yeah, they weren't like the greatest shows, but you know that we could. I definitely, especially even now, I could see that there was a reach. You know, people knew. You know, there was like we would play. We played some huge, some huge shows, especially in the in the northeast or not northeast on the yeah the northeast. And like uh, like DC, Maryland, Virginia, like the Midwest, like all in that area where metalcore was huge. Like we were like we were turning some heads, you know. I just think that the band kind of imploded on itself before it got a chance to really kick into gear, you know. Because we were always like we were always like the band that was like we wouldn't get to play like the festival, the sounds of the underground, but we'd play like the surrounding shows and this that. We were like always just like right at the gate and like without label help was we we didn't sign with the label until until the end really until like right before iron jim jones came out but we had written iron jim jones three years before it came out like that we had written that in 2004 like Ah. most of some of that stuff was had been written yeah 2004 2005 (laughs) and so we sat on it and we had written all we had like we had a whole nother catalog of material that we wanted to put out but we had to put out iron jim jones first because we felt like we owed it to actually seeing it to have a full release. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, that, that time was really crazy for sure. It was a very exciting time to be in music because you didn't know what to expect, you know, like, and no one had ever heard of us. A lot of places that we were, cause we were getting, we were like, we would do tours like with Ion Dissonance and Reflux and like August Burns Red. Like one of those were like some of like our first tours, Misery Signals. And like, we'd go play these, you know, three to 500 cap rooms and kids weren't prepared to see what we were going to bring to the table because it was, we, we went for it, you know, like that was like something that we really pride ourselves on was our live set. And, you know, and just, the, just letting that pure raw nastiness out. Like, mm. and like a lot of times it was unmatched. Like we'd be on tour, we'd be on tour with like the headliners and we'd be just smacking them, you know, just, and they, that's just, we, cause we just didn't care. We were hungry. We didn't give a fuck. We just wanted people to hear us. And like, when you're des- that desperate, like anything goes, and so that's mm. that's how we played it, you know. So I mean, obviously, did momentum just reach a point with the band that it was like, oh, okay, unfortunately, we're gonna have to finish things, or was part of you joining bury your dead kind of the last straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing? Definitely, that was definitely like the last straw. I mean, we were we were kind of on the fritz, anyways. The band was going through shit internally. And we were just like, we were having a hard time communicating. And it was crazy because we all lived together. And like, that, 
we had just gotten signed. We, I feel like once we had started to make, get success, that's when stuff started to get weird. It was like we were getting offers for tours, and like it wasn't even like the money. It wasn't even like, we weren't making money. It was the op- like having like things work out for us, and just all we had to do was show up now, and all we had to do was just practice and do our do our simple things that we had been doing for five, six years already. Suddenly, that became a task to do, and you know, it just kind of just broke the band apart. And you know, at that time, I was really, really hungry to like. I really wanted to play music. Like that was the. Oh, I wanted it more than I wanted to breathe. And Barry, your dad had been talking to me for years at that time, at least a year or two. But I was like, I was super loyal. Like, I had bands that all come and ask me to come and join them, and I was just like, you know, Cassius is my baby. I'm, that's that's it. Like we're in this together this like that's it and then like stuff happened with the band and they it was just kind of like the band was breaking up and i was like well you know i don't know i don't hey this is all that i know how to do right now and you know i have a great opportunity in front of me and i was just like no one else wants to i'm doing all of the work i'm doing all the writing i'm like putting all this effort into it i wasn't seeing anyone showing anything like that we wanted to do it it wasn't equal so mm. Uh, I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just see what Barry Dud is doing for now. And, you know, if, you know, Cassius wants to get back together. Maybe, maybe we need to take a break. Maybe we need to just take some time off. It was like one of those kind of things. It was really like, it was crazy. I was like, it was a really hard decision because it's like I wanted to keep playing music. But if, if you don't want, if someone else doesn't want to do it with you, you can't, I can't make anyone do it. So. Yeah. Um, and it's like that that opportunity. I'd missed the, I missed the window for Barry Dud once before they'd asked me. And I turned them now fl- flat out. No, 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 no. And then they, and then like shit started going south. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should do this. And I called them up. And I was like, all right, you know, let's 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 jam a little bit. Let's see what's up. And they're like, well, we already got crafter. And I was like, well, fuck. All right, well, okay, cool. So then I was like, okay, well, it didn't work out. Okay, it's not in the cards. Cool. Back to doing catches. I'm not even tripping. So, and then it then it came up again later on, a couple months later down the road. And I was like, man, maybe I should go ahead and take this as a you know as a sign of maybe you, should, you might want to do it you know and you know I, obviously it, it turned out for a good for good you know i don't yeah but i i always think about that we all i, I talk to still talk to a lot of the guys in cassius now we always just joke about man you know just one more jam you know <laughs> <laughs> one time for all time's sake yeah, yeah, one time for the one time man for sure so th- that decision obviously took a lot of thought to leave your baby in a sense and and join bury your dead but were you also a bit worried about joining a band that at that stage was pretty established pretty well known in the metal scene i didn't really know what i was getting myself into with bury dead to be honest because those were just my friends like i knew them before they i knew them when they just came to town like before like we played shows together, like Cassius and Barry Dead played shows together. That's how we knew each other. That's how we met. And like, but they played my basement, like to like ten kids. So that's the, that was the side. That's what I saw. Barry Dead. I didn't see what I was about to see. Like I saw we were playing shitty ass VFW halls in Virginia. Like maybe thirty kids, forty kids. You know, lit, sick. I just thought it was just like another Cassius. Like it was like we were just another level of Cassius. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's no problem. But. <laughs> Like the the first show, like even the the very first show that I did with it was like twenty three hundred people or something like that, and like, <laughs> and I don't think I'd ever even seen that many people in a room at at one time. <laughs> so, 
It was, it was and it was like all suits. It was in California, like all like the management and all these people. And I didn't even really know the words. I didn't have enough time to to learn all everything. Like I like had to fake it most of it. I was just like I was so so scared, so nervous. But yeah, I had I was not ready for that at all. <laughs> um. So at first, when you joined, were you kind of um, a hired gun, or were you automatically full time member? Because I don't, I think you joined for a while, but you weren't officially announced for I a think, little bit. Well, it was, it was kind of just like, no, it was like it was they were they were it was like you're the guy, like mm. you're the dude, like it wasn't like no, you don't. It was like kind of like you know you don't have a choice at this point because they were like, <laughs> all right, learn these fifteen songs, this 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 this. We're gonna give you this. They start. I mean, it was crazy. I was getting endorsements immediately. It was like I was kind of overwhelmed because I was like, you know, the same time last year, I was homeless with my cashless dudes living in a van. Like we were sharing food. Like you know, now I'm doing this kind of shit. Like I was. It was. It was. It was. It was, it was crazy. Like uh, I think I don't, it wasn't even like I don't think that they. We didn't even really ever have that conversation of like shit. It was it like a, a trial thing or it was just, it was just kind of just like you're the guy kind of thing. And like it just stuck, and you know I don't I don't know, um, yeah it was weird. I, I I I didn't really even like, I never even felt like felt like a hired hand because they just they were so welcoming, because it was a it was like my friends, and they were they I we'd already been hanging out already and like, uh, and Mark and I especially because he and I were close because that's that's kind of how I got in the band was cause I was doing merch for I did merch for Between the Buried and Me. Or when Mark was playing in Silent Circus, and that's how we got super tight. So he was always just like, "Yo, you're my, you're my dude." I got like, as soon as we need to sing, I'm call you. So it was never like, "You got to try out" kind of thing. It's just like, learn the songs and you're in. And you kind of you're in, and it was like the snowball rolling straight off. Like you said, big shows, the momentum yeah. seemed to really go. Um, what was the reaction from crowds? Because you guys dropped the self-titled album and were you welcomed? I mean, it's a weird thing for a vocalist. They say one of the weirdest parts of a band is when they change vocalists because some people are going to be accepting and then some people are going to be like, nah, I don't want a new guy, I want the old guy. So was it a, a challenge for you to win over fans? Um, I don't think it really was. I, there, I mean, there's always going to be people who aren't into something that you do. So, mm-hmm. I think that though that that stayed online, but mm-hmm. it was like if you came to a show, you're going to have a good time. Because I mean, there was it was just a night and day difference between Matt and myself vocally. Not saying you know, I, no, there's no hard feelings. I love Matt. That's, that's my that's my boy. Uh, but it was just it was different. It was just a different show. You're going to get a different experience, and some people were into it more and some people were into it okay some people weren't into it at all and uh you know i didn't really it didn't really even hit me until like how it didn't really even hit me what people thought or what like the press or fans or any of that i had no concept of that i didn't really even understand like the concept of fans like really until the until volumes like the volumes days i really didn't get the concept of having fans until then like to me it was just like you play shows people that are rock that's just what it is like and that so i didn't really take into consideration like oh you what they what you're thinking of this and that until i until after i was out of barrier dead and i started like seeing how negative the comments were and this that and that. i was like oh my god mm, people really weird. like this is what it, this is how it is or like i don't know i was just i kind of just was because i was so focused on playing music i didn't have time to think about what all, all 
what the the the, the what was going on outside of what was happening in the band, you know? It, it's weird. We here to play shows. It's weird how some people decide that it's their somehow given right and place to say that shit. It's weird. Um, yeah. But one thing I don't... Yeah, because I, I feel like I don't... Cause I don't think like that, and I don't... No. Like, oh, this is true. Like, I don't judge another person. So I don't, I don't feel like someone else does that, but to someone who doesn't play or someone who doesn't understand music or what goes into it, I guess just to have something to hold on to, you want to throw your two cents into the conversation, which I get, but doesn't mean that's right. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Um, now one thing that with Barry dead that I think some people don't understand was how intense those <coughs> shows could get. Um, not yeah. only for, not only with you guys on stage, but what was happening in the crowd. Um, yeah. Was that was that just a shock for you? Because as you said, you're going from playing, you know, little shows, yeah. not only more people. That was pretty wild. But now people are chaotic. Yeah, like I saw. I mean, we, there'd be mosh pits, and that's that's cool. Yeah, all right. I've seen I, that was mosh pits, and there was like very dead mosh pits, and it was just like, yo, the people were like getting murdered <laughs> in the crowd, <laughs> like literally. I've saw I've seen noses broken, jaws broken, eyes hanging out, brains, people staged diving off of shit, cracking their head, like all kinds of fucking insane shit that I, you know, like. <laughs> and then the the worst part is like, all right, so back when it's like normally, you if someone gets hurt, like in like growing up in like like in scene cultures, like someone gets hurt or if there's a fight that breaks out, the show stops, music stops, hey man, stop fighting, oh, is he okay? Everyone like, you know, there's a sense of, you, you give a fuck. Here, in like in Barrier Dead, I did it one time and like after the show, they pulled me aside and said, hey man, you can't do that because it's a, a liability. Like legally, you can get in trouble because if you, I don't know, I don't really know the jargon or whatever the fuck you said, but basically, you can't say that if you see a fight, just keep ripping. If you see somebody get hurt, keep going. Don't stop the set for anyone. So it's like, okay. And so then it got to a kind of a point where I was like egging it on because it's like, you know what parts are going to come. You know what part. So it was like, oh, now do it like this. And then just just to see, just to stir up a little mischief and see how bad it will get. And like, you know, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube because there is some just mess. Yeah, that's pretty, some pretty insane shit. stuff, yeah. It's I mean, of... I've seen I've seen a flaming trash can. Yeah, <laughs> we were in, we were in Russia. Someone was someone lit a flare in the crowd in like a like a like a like a six hundred like a small little room, and then like everyone has sparklers in their hand. Like it's we've seen it's crazy, man. Someone was breathing fire in the pit one time. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it all. It's <laughs> <laughs> just insanity. Like yeah, man, yeah. Um... But that was cool. That was, that was like that was just, it was it was amazing. That was. Such a awesome band to be in, and such a cool time to be in music and be around like metal in that stage. Because it's definitely different now. I feel like the energy back then is just versus now. It's just night and day, you know. Yeah, well, I think I think really that that period was the peak of probably popularity in metal. Probably it's still yeah. popular now, but I really think we're at a, we were at a different level back then. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of it's it's pop it's more popular now but it's mainstream because it's watered down it's more mm, pop now. Mm. back then it was just raw and just evil and like that's what you got like, those nasty harmonies crazy breakdowns that's what it was just the insanity that's what you got off on like that's you know there was no singing back then that's 
there was no clean singing back then. Like there was, that wasn't, that mm. was not a thing. You know what I mean? That's me saying that. That was just like, even if you even told me back then, like that I'd be singing clean ever over a metal riff. I'd be like, man, get the, f- go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that was not allowed. It was looked down on. It's like, that's, mm. some, that's some weak shit, dude. Get that singing shit out of here. Like mm. that was not allowed back then. Well, now now it's a blueprint. Now Now it's a blueprint. (laughs) You know, you kind of the bands write music, and it's given that there needs to be some cleans in there. It's a whole different different time now. You guys released with Bury Your Dead. You released it's nothing personal, which I fucking love that album, man. I fucking still jam it this to this day, and it's one of my go tos. was you he- were you heavily involved in the writing process for that album? Because it feels yeah, both it, of them, both it, of them. Uh, actually, with both self-titled and it's nothing personal. They basically just gave me the pen and said go. Like I wrote all of that. They didn't really, not even as far as all the vocal arrangement, all the stuff. Pretty much, like, I think with on uh, Broken Body on it's nothing personal was one of the ones that. I was wanted to take it in another direction, and they were like, "Ah, dumb it down like this. Do something like this." And it's like this this crazy thing, Freddie versus Jason, and I I don't know, but yeah. So it, it was just uh, like little things, little things here and there. But overall, they were said, "Man, just write. We want to see what you can do. Go for it. Like you're the singer. This is your this is your space. We brought the music. We know we trust you, kind of thing." And I just took it and ran with it. I love it, and I was going through some wild shit at the time too. So I was just like, "Let's go, let's 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 talk about it." It was really good because it was still aggressive, but you guys brought in a bit more melody, and I don't just mean in the singing <laughs> sense of it; I mean in the musical yeah. sense of it as well. Um, yeah, for sure. How was the momentum at the time? Were you, st- you guys still running forward with it? Did you feel like you guys were on the upward trajectory? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I didn't, there was like a, a small time where there was like a little bit of a lull, and that was when Eric got beat up. But that was because we were going through shit in the band, anyways. And like we had we had gotten into a bad deal with management that fucked us over. Uh, then Eric got injured. We were on a shitty tour. We weren't making money. We were. It wasn't even a shitty tour. It was a sick ass tour. It was just we were on the low end of the. We were on tour with which was that. Hell yeah, Machine Head mm. and Static X and somebody else and Nonpoint. We were first of five, so we were as and you know coming from that, we like like we were coming from playing, having space on stage, having waters, like to being like you're and you're playing with like the dudes from hell, like from Pantera. You think you know the the level of care from the top of the house to all the way to the bottom tier is like you're not gonna get exactly what you want man like mm-hmm. you're, you're barely scraping by and we did we we were in a van on that tour it was in the middle of winter we played mostly the mid upper midwest like by Canada it was twelve weeks long like and we lost a guitar player it was just it was just a hard time that was just a rough time for the band period so like that's kind of what happened with why it's nothing personal came out because we were going through such raw shit. And then we got into a wreck and then we crashed and like Slim almost died. And like, so that was just like, we just kept taking L after L after L. So like by the time that just that we had no other choice, but to slow down, we, we couldn't do anything. Like we couldn't even play, even if we wanted to, we were, the, the band was done at that point, you know? And you were badly injured in that crash too, weren't you? Yeah. yeah I fractured my skull and my hand. 
Uh, but I, I got it. I feel like I got it pretty light in comparison to like what Slim had. He almost lost his leg. Uh, and, um, you know, and like Mark, he almost, you know, he, he, he had got his face really badly mangled and it was just bad. That was so like, that was, that really, that scared us. We, no one wants to get back in a, in a van after that, no. you know, to you, you telling me that we're, we're going out and getting fucking paid a couple hundred bucks a night to be in a cold van, to be uncomfortable for 12 weeks, to come back just to, to maybe crash and die all and they'd be over. So is this really worth it? Like it just, it was a lot to think about at the time. So like that slowed, that's kind of slowed down the the trajectory of the band. But I think with it's nothing personal getting written and putting it together and like coming back on that kind of like revitalized us for sure. For sure. And then there was the weirdness of, you know, did you leave or were you kicked out? You know, there was the chaos in 2011 and I mean chaos in that, a lot of people didn't really know what happened. It was kind of he say, she say things. Um, people were being told you left to start your solo career, and a lot of people at the time were thinking, why would he leave, bury your dead to do a solo career? Um, yeah. What really happened? I mean, a lot of it was, yeah, a lot of it is, it basically was just, it was a bad deal. I didn't want to get involved with, I didn't, I, we just couldn't agree on where we wanted to call our label home. And uh, it kind of just, it just kind of just squeezed myself out. Like it just didn't really work out. Like, you know, it was no, it's no, again, no bad, no hard feelings with the band now. But at the time, it was just in a bad place. I think it was just the band was so concerned about everything else going on outside of the band that they weren't taking care of each other. Mm. We weren't looking out for each other, and that is the biggest thing. I think that's kind of what made the band fall apart. It's like, cause like it's after a wreck. And after stuff like that, you feel like you should like cling together and like have each other's back no matter what. And I don't, and I, you know, at that time I was in my feelings. I personally didn't feel like the man had my back, and I was very vocal about it. And that's like, well, you know, what can what can you do? You know, if, and especially if they wanted to bring Matt back to do vocals and all this other weird stuff, and I was like, you know, you guys can just have that. I'm not. I've done a lot. I've almost lost my life with you guys. I'm good for right now. So like, yeah, it was just kind of it was a it was a little bit of you know I didn't want to leave. No, I definitely didn't want to. That's, that's the sickest thing I'd ever been a part of, and it's playing music. But at the same time, I had a, I had people in my ear as well saying, "Well, you could just do your own thing." You know, like if they're gonna treat you like like this, we can do it. We'll get you to do, we'll get you here. We'll do this, this, this. And I was like, well, fuck man. Like, you know what else? I don't have any other choice. Like, I just felt like I felt alone at the time because, and I wasn't getting my point across. And so, you know, it was a little bit of, you know, just split, split ways. And, and that was that. Did you kind of feel like you were left out to dry? Because you're saying, oh, in there that they, yeah. were they, yeah, were they already planning on bringing Matt back? And it was just kind of the situation was they had to move you on, but they didn't know how. I don't you see that. I don't really even know. Uh, I think that a lot of that had to do with the label and management, um, them making the decision, and then the band not, and then the band being pushovers and just rolling over and taking it because it was money. Is when it's money owed or when it's you know when it's when it's those kind of stakes. You you go. You gotta make you make weird business decisions, I guess. And it's no fault, you know. I mean, I'm sure. I, I'm pretty sure that if we 
could go back and do it differently, that decisions would be made differently because we were killing it back then. We were, mm-hmm. we were right when it's nothing personal was ending. The band was tired. Yeah, we were coming off of a, a touring cycle because we had just toured. We did like two hundred shows, but yeah, that's cool. Well, we that's what you that's what we signed up for. Like at the time, like what else are we gonna do? Go home and sit at home, be lame? No, let's go rip. Let's go rip some shows while we still can. And uh, you know, I just the band just kind of just got tired, and you know, just just right had kind of just ran its course. I think I feel like, but we just. I don't know. It's, I think it was a lot of people just being in, in our ears at times. Different camps, different people, different voices. Everyone had their hands in the pocket. Everyone wanted to be on the train. Like everyone wanted to be a part of like the barrier, that legacy. Like how sick it was because it was like, even me, like growing up, like that was so, such a tight band. It was like one of the biggest bands to be a part of that wasn't Hatebreed. Mm, you know what I yeah. mean? You know. But I mean, so, you you can you can tip your hat to that you contributed to two outstanding albums in their discography yeah man for sure that's that's one of my i feel very fortunate for that it's it's still surreal that like that, that that's that's me like i even listen back i'm like damn what the fuck was i <laughs> i was I, I was on one back then <laughs> <laughs> like what, who hurt you my friend like <laughs> <was just> <laughs> you kind of like oh do you want a hug you know <laughs> yeah this, this dude needs a hug man so uh yeah yeah so then you took some time out, you know, you did some solo stuff as well. If, if anyone knows, you know, you can, you can find it online. And then yeah. um, suddenly you joined Volumes. How, how did the link up happen? Were you already looking to try and get back into like heavy music at that stage? No, not at all. I really didn't want to do, I never, once, once I got out of Barrier Dead, I kind of just like, especially cause it took me a long time to get over that. Cause I like, that was like a, what a five year that's like a five year relationship, you know? It's like being married to someone for five years, like and in saving that and being in there and seeing like just the stuff that we saw, like countless times of just pulling each other out of the fire. Like you really had a lot involved. So like that hurt me emotionally. I was super hurt. I was really, really hurt about that. Like it took me a really long time to get over that. Plus, like getting like you know, not playing shows because the bands I wasn't, I didn't even really want to play music at that time. I was just kind of like just defeated. So like when my friends would come come around on tour and I'd go see them and they'd be like, oh, what are you doing these days? And it's like, oh man, you know, just cooking, just, you know, chilling. I really, you know, and it's just like, that was like super depressing to go from the highest to highest, playing these sick ass shows, being touring all around the world and just that and the third to like now I'm just, normal old dickhead again like you know <laughs> yeah so like i mean that that hurt too like it was just it was just a lot man so i tend to like i had to really like get my get my life together because it, it kind of spiraled out of control uh for like the first two or three years for sure and then like yeah i tried to pull it together and then uh moved i ended up a lot of crazy shit happened I ended up making my way out to california and uh, that's kind of I met I met that's how I met up with volumes. Is once I actually moved to LA. So did you already know the guys previously? Um, I was more I knew of them. I I knew them because uh, when Barrier Dead was uh, work uh, working on the was it's not the person no it's on South on South Title we're working on South Title. Uh, the label president was president of Media Scare and Media Scare had volumes and so. 
uh, president took us. He actually took us to one of their very first like practices shows kind of things, and like I'm, I met him and saw him then. But it was like that was so like removed. Like I, it was like by like, hey man, remember that? Like we, we only recently put two or two together. Like holy shit, oh yeah, I brought, I came to, the, oh yeah, like that kind of thing. But uh, I knew of them and knew that they were sick and like. You know, we played like I think we, I think we may have even played a show together at some point. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, um, I didn't just I was more more of a fan than anything. I just I just really thought they were sick because they were that I thought they were dope because it was like it was like all these brown dudes and like they were playing this this crazy nasty ass metal. Like it was just like you didn't. It was just like having a black singer in a metal band. Like you don't see that shit anymore. And I was like, yeah, all right, we out here. There's <laughs> more of us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what my, what drew me to them at first, and then uh, once we once I like got out here and like met them and that kind of stuff, then we kind of kicked kicked it off from there. Now, did they ask you to you know join or try out, or did you hear that they needed a vocalist, and then you said, "Oi, you know, I can do this." Um, it was a little bit of both. Um, uh, I met Diego. I was wasted at a party and uh, we and it had, I guess we talked about, we were talking, it was, it was his cousin's birthday. I met his cousin first. He's like, I think you might know my cousin. And he introduced me to Diego. I was like, I think I know you. And he's like, I think I know you. <laughs> and so we just did that number and then exchanged numbers. And I think like in Paris, like the last thing I told him before I left for the night, I was like, yo, did you guys ever find a singer? And I just had to be me, me being drunk because I was not, trying to do that at all like i was just done i just got off a solo tour i was working on another record like i wasn't had that was not even in my on my radar and so i was like yeah if you guys ever want to jam or do some shit hit me up and i I didn't even remember that shit and then like two weeks later he hit me up he was like hey man you still down to jam i was like who is this (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh shit oh shit fuck and then i was like well fuck man like kind of dug myself into this hole now like i, I told him i'd go jam with him and like oh, and i was like and i was like well man and i had a, a talk with one of my good friends and i was like well you know if you said it when you were wasted you're like maybe that's not like maybe it's some underlying stuff like maybe think about it and that's like you know and i just got to think i was like well maybe you know maybe i'm not done maybe i still have stuff to talk about and like and you know i do enjoy the energy i still love you know i love playing shows and so i was like well I'll go and, you know, we'll go, I'll go to the studio because they were in the studio working on stuff. And so I went in and um, I tried out and uh, just did some songs. And it was kind of, it was rough. It was shaky because I hadn't screamed or done anything like that in years. So I was like, ah, like the singing stuff, nailed it, no problem. But in screaming shit, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. A little rusty. <laughs> it was a little rusty. So, like, and I, I think that some of the dudes, like, Diego was really stoked on it. He was stoked on me off the jump. Uh, Rod was not. Rod was not stoked. He's like, I don't know. He was real suspect about it. He's real. And then Gus was like, nah, it's cool. Gus was like, nah, it's good. It's going to work out. We just got to, like, we got to warm him up and shit like that. So, uh, I just took some time and, like, once I because I hadn't really even thought like this is a natural thing like I could actually end up being in this band so I was like shit maybe I should take it seriously so I went back to the drawing board started practicing a little bit getting my little shit together and like you know put together uh, took like a couple weeks off and just 
got my voice together and went back and we started uh, tracking some stuff again. And um, then it was like, it kind of just went. It kind of just, it just fell into place. Like, because we, out the whole time we were all hanging out and vibing and stuff like that. So it was just like, they were, I was getting comfortable with the band and they were getting comfortable with me. And so it was like making it easier for me to sing and feel cool. Cause it was like, it was so weird. Cause like the first time we went in the studio, it's like everyone in the studio and they're like, all right, sing. Oh shit! Okay, uh, and then like you know, yeah, and then they want to do like old songs and like sing on those and this that, and so like it was a lot of I, it was a lot of like I didn't really know what was going on. I kind of like again got overwhelmed. Uh, but then like once we like when I went out with them, they played this uh, festival in Las Vegas, and I went and hung out with them for the weekend, just kicked it and chilled and like once we got to know each other and it was like all right i can do this we, we, we should probably see where this goes and then we started doing some music and i think one of the first ones we did was the picture was finite mm-hmm. and it came out i think the the opening line we did that one and i think that was everyone was just like Ooh, damn that sounds kind of nice all right and then just kind of just went with that and i think uh after a few like few runs and they were just like, yeah, we think you want, we want you to be the dude. I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's run. Let's kick it. And, and it, that's it's, ex- much it's exciting for you, I must say, because everything you've done up to this point is a bit different from each other. So volumes is a yeah. bit different to the, you know, bury your dead, obviously, and Cassius, but also it's a bit different because it's dual vocals. It, do you find that, you know, if you're having an off day and you get on stage that you're able to bounce your energy off, you know, the, each other, it can kind of motivate you a bit more. You can maybe step up your game a bit. You're like, oh, shit, he's yeah. really pulling an A game tonight. I better bring my A game. Definitely, uh, for sure. We feed off of each other 100%. Um, some days, like some days I won't, I won't feel, I won't be feeling, but some days I'll be tired or just, just, just shot, just out of gas, you know? And then, like, but if okay, like, if the band's dialed in, if the band is dialed in and we sound good, I can usually f- I can find it. I can find the little the little speck of hope and bring it on, rally and bring it bring it together. Especially my if, see, if I see the dudes are going off, then I'm like, ah, right, yeah, 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 right, <laughs> <okay>. yeah. <laughs> but if it's like a cold show and like everyone's just not feeling it, you can definitely feel it on stage, just like. Just playing just to get through it, man. Just trying to get through it, which sucks. That's like, because it's like, I hate having it. I hate, I hate that. Because I always want to give the best show. You know, I mean, we're only human. Sometimes, like, you go through shit at home or something's going on. Or you're the band's fighting, which we, we've been there before. And, like, it's just, like, you're just not feeling it. But a lot of times we try and encourage and challenge each other. We have this thing called taking the crown. Like, who's going to go the hardest? Like, who's going to make it look good? Who's gonna be the best? And so, like Rod and I, especially, we have a we have a favorite. He's he's usually got the crown. He's he's, he's pretty solid about taking it, but you know, you know, I've, I've been known to wear it here and there. So we we battle back and forth. <laughs> now, how do you feel? The you've done an album already. I hear that there's you know you did different animals. I hear there's mm-hmm. possibly new music in the works. Um, what's going on? Because different animals was a really intriguing album there was a bit of everything going on you know you couldn't say the band is this style because as soon as you'd say that on one track the next track changes a bit you know it was always keeping you on your toes in a way 
yeah. what are you guys looking to do? Um, is it something exciting? Are you going to keep going with the momentum you've got with different animals? Or are you, are you just going to do Michael Jackson covers for 10 songs? This one is, I think, I think, I mean, damn, Michael Jackson covers would be sweet. Yeah. We should have done that. That's what we should have done. That's what we should have done. Um, no, this one is, it's, it's, it's kind of a, I mean, without giving away too much of it, it's, it's just nasty. It's a nasty record. It's, it's sick, dude. It's like, uh, if like, like, a lot of it's like the worm. It's got some worm wormhole styles shit on there for sure. It's a lot of a lot of old with dash and new. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want you know. I, yeah. can, I can't. It's it's gonna be sick. I think that everyone's gonna be be stoked. Uh, I think that uh, for anyone who had any doubts in the band, I think that their faith will be restored in in on this EP and um and I think it will be able to reach some new people with some of the stuff that we're gonna be doing. I think it's. It's everything that you would come to, that you've come to love about volumes, and then expand it even further. Taking taking a little bit, taking just a step further. It's a little bit crazy. The breakdown's a little heavy, a little wilder. Like, you know, some other, some weird, crazy guitar shit going on. There's all kinds of stuff, man. Um, yeah, fuck yeah. I think you've teased yeah. us perfectly there, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for everyone to get it get it out. We are so close to having it having it ready for you now. Kind of the last kind of question I'll give you, which is before we start wrapping things up, is you've been in the industry pre-social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen when CDs were the CDs and merch were the need for a band to sell. Um, yeah. To now, where it's all about, unfortunately, it's all about streaming numbers and it's all about how many followers or likes you get on a post or content online. Where do right. you see the industry nowadays being in a band? Do you see that it's at a kind of unknown territory or do you think the power is in the band's hand? I mean, where do you see it as an artist in 2019? I think that it's still, we still rely heavily on the touring aspect and the selling of merch. And now knowing that we rely so much more on streaming is to try and encourage people to stream more. I mean, I definitely do miss having CDs. Like, that's the sickest, like, having, like, tangible artwork in your hand is so much cooler, I feel, than having just a little, oh, I can just open my Spotify. Yeah, it's convenient, but I think that's the only, that's the only upside to it is the convenience of just not having to have, take up the physical space. Mm -hmm. But that's the cool part about having it. There's so I think that's something awesome about going to someone's apartment and seeing like a wall full of sick ass CDs. Like, oh shit, hell yeah! yeah. You that's haven't, to me, you that's haven't awesome, seen what's you know? behind me then. Yeah, I got, dude. I got see? two of them. There's another one there yeah, as well. You know. Yeah. See, that's cool to me, man. I like that. Like, um, but you know, I don't, I don't really know what's gonna happen with music. I think that labels are getting nervous. I believe. Mm. I feel like. I feel like the the independent band is gonna is making a rise, which is kind of wild because, you know, everyone back in the day wanted to just get signed. Now everyone wants to be independent. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like that was the goal back in the day, it's just to get 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 signed. Like I feel like if Cassius hadn't known what I know now about just being being an independent band and pushing it yourself, oh man, it'd be crazy. We'd be it'd be we'd be crazy. We'd be crazy huge. <laughs> It's, it's just like, 
it's it's such a different world now, man. So it's so nuts. Like, is it also harder now being because there's so much content on people's phones, staying in people's attention and staying relevant? Yeah, I think so. I think that because people are always looking for the new thing because you feel like you get because you have access to so much stuff, you feel like you're missing out if you don't if you don't take in this dude's. Oh, who's this guy? Oh, what's this band? What are they doing? Oh, if I don't know about everything, then I'm not. I'm not in the know. I'm like, I don't have the exclusivity. I'm not, I'm not hip. I'm not, I'm not the shit. I'm not cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's cool to not have to know about every band or just to take your time and actually get into a band. Like, I feel like there's, I, like when people say, oh, you're my favorite artist to a lot of these bands now, it's like, how is that possible? They've only been around for a year. Like, <laughs> you're not even paying attention. Like, you haven't even been listening to them for long, longer than a year. How can you say that they're your favorite band? Even mm-hmm. done only one, not even a full album. Like, like, I don't understand that. That's just crazy to me, man. Like, it's a trip. Wow, it's a trip, man. Uh, uh, it's, I, I think, I think it's it's a weird time, but I think it's possibly an exciting time because hopefully people take advantage of the power that they have now in their oh, yeah. hands. But also, hopefully, like you said, people don't lose. You know the power of what music was, as in go back and look into albums that, you know, this is why your band nowadays sounds like it is. You know, go back, hear those bands, yeah, yeah. Um, delve into, you know, Pantera, Motley Crue, all of this kind of stuff. Right, um, right, right. I, I definitely would encourage anyone to do that. I mean, you gotta like just see where it came from, it's like, because it's so different now. Yeah, it's, it's it is definitely exciting. It's like a video game now. It's like navigating this crazy if you can beat the matrix like you can be the biggest brand ever you know what i mean like but <laughs> it's like it's it's wild now like it's all posts and electronics and this that and like it's a video game it's it's like it's wild it's, to me that's crazy so uh you know i would definitely i would like to see i wish that that would you could see a resurgence in like cds and like mm. art and stuff like that but you know even as far as like posters and like you know, like the sick old like lithographs and stuff like that. I, I think that shit is sick. You know, maybe it's just me being dated and old, but I mean, it's art. You know, it's all it's all art. It's just another form of art, and I feel like that any any form of art that's dying, like I don't want to see that. You know, no. And especially in something I'm involved with, you know, and I'm, you know, that I that chance changed my life. Like I used to, you know, wake up early and or save up money to go and buy albums. You know, like. No one's doing that anymore. Uh, no one's saving up money to go to this the record store to buy records anymore. You know, it's weird. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. What we're gonna do now is the last part of the show. Now this mm-hmm. is the bit where we're gonna find out what makes you tick, dude. We're gonna find out what okay. what makes that brain cl- click over, and it's called pick your poison. So what we do here is okay. a, I give you two options, and you pick your favorite okay. of the two. Yikes. All right, here we go. Okay, pizza or burger? Ooh. Pizza. Okay. Chicken or beef? Mm. Beef. Okay. Uh, weed or alcohol? Weed. Yeah. Um, Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Chinese. Uh, cooking at home or dining out? Fuck. Dining out. 
What sucks is I'm a chef. I cook. I cook. I know. You're basically telling you're telling everyone don't don't come and visit my restaurant. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Come, please come by. <laughs> I just I just six takes too much time. I just want to yeah. eat, get it over with. <laughs> um, going to the cinema or watching a movie on a couch? Mm. Wow. Uh, couch. Probably couch. Uh, beach or snow? Oh wow. Uh. Beach. Okay. Um, cat or dog? Dog. Um, Batman or Superman? Batman. Okay. Uh, Rambo or Rocky? Ooh, wow. Damn. Rambo. Rambo's hard. <laughs> um, Terminator or Predator? Terminator. Nice. Um, Freddy or Jason? Wow. Freddy. Uh, South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons. Slayer or Pantera? <sighs> Pantera, for sure. Uh, Metallica or Megadeth? Uh, man. I'll say Metallica. Uh, corn or Limp Bizkit? Corn. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins or Stone Temple Pilots? Wow. Damn. Now that's a tough one. Stone Temple Pilots, though. Okay. Uh, in the mosh pit or up the back? Oh, hell no. Nah. I'm too old, bro. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to catch a... Oh, wayward elbow nah I'm good yeah I'm the same man my, my mosh days are over bro mosh days are, I split my head in the mosh pit I've done it all I've been fucked all the way up in the mosh pit I'm good I'm so that's, you guys enjoy it I'll do it I'll do the best to bring you the best uh, you know circumstances for you to create a mosh pit but I can't see myself doing that no time soon yeah, I'm the same man if I, if I accidentally get too close I feel like my knees just get sore from being too yeah, close yeah I feel right. the wind whoa, whoa. oh no oh no no no, no, no. Um, alright last two would you prefer to tour or record tour okay and last one is a triple one would you prefer a CD okay. a vinyl or a streaming uh, just, 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 CD. That's more what I'm into. Yeah, CD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, you fucking legend, dude. Thank you, man. That was that was fun, man. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry we finally got to get it going. Hey, man. I I know you're a busy, busy dude. You know you got band music and you got chefing going on. So um, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll be down there sometime soon. We're working on it. We're working.
So that was my chat with Mike of Volumes and Bury Your Dead. At the end there, we heard two Bury Your Dead tracks that had Mike Terry singing on. You heard Fever Dream from Bury Your Dead's self-titled album. And you also heard Hurting Not Helping from Bury Your Dead's album It's Nothing Personal. So those two albums are the two that Mike featured on. Make sure you delve in and discover those. And also, as you heard, he is on the most recent Volumes album with more music on the way. 
Thank you so, so much, Mike, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. I really, 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 really appreciate it, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So that's it. That is the Mosh Zone episode 58. Done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away, done for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.